0: Hey, Kim here. Quick update before you dive into this episode. We've changed the name of our podcast to Rooted in Tomorrow. It's a nod to our shared history and the bright future of our cooperative system. So if you get later in the series to our 22nd episode, you'll notice the change. But most importantly, it won't affect you as a listener or a subscriber. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode.
1: You know, I don't think seeing the struggles my dad went through that this was the industry that I wanted to be in. And I had no desire to go into agriculture either. So, you know, I, he didn't have to convince me too hard. Um, once I found out about the, the various uh, divisions of Land O'Lakes and the businesses we're in, and specifically to the role that I was applying at the time, instead of just developing a system to run a business, now we were actually putting a system in to solve a real problem on a field for a real farmer. And that was the piece that i would say that most attracted me to the to this position and why i came to land the lakes
0: think about the work that you do what makes it meaningful is it the results or is it the process or is it the promise of something greater being a cooperative means we're in this together to build a sustainable future and feed human progress. This is Something Greater, a podcast by Lando O'Lakes, Inc. I'm Kim Olson. Follow along with us as we bring you the stories and voices that impact our shared community. 30s, 26% of the population in the U.S. were farmers. Today, it's less than 2%, but yet there are more mouths to feed and less acres to do it. How in the world can we bridge that gap to feed human progress? The key is technology and innovation. Sure, we're in the butter business, and we're also a tech company using our retail network as well as our data and insights to bring ag tech tools to farm fields across the country. Today, travel down that information and tech highway with Land O'Lake's chief technology officer, Teddy Backelly. Teddy was named to his position just a few months ago after serving both as the vice president of ag technology and business CIO for Winfield United. Even though his dad told him to steer clear of agriculture growing up, Teddy draws inspiration from those words. And his dad, who was a farmer himself, you could say it's work Teddy feels he was meant to do. Teddy.
1: Thanks for having me, Kim.
0: You bet. I'm thrilled to have you here. Um, let's, let's start with a few things I know about you. So I know that uh, you were born in Ethiopia, right?
1: I was, yes.
0: So tell me a little bit about that. Yes,
1: yeah, so I was born in Ethiopia, and my dad uh, farmed about 400 acres of corn, wheat, and cotton. And uh, at the age of two years old, a uh, dictator took over the country and essentially nationalized the land and took it away from the farmers overnight. And the whole goal there was the government said, look, farmers can continue farming for no profits and give everything to the government, or they could quit farming. So a lot Mm -hmm. of farmers quit farming, and they got out of that space, and uh, and my father followed suit as as, as well. And uh, from there, he went to sell crop protection products, and we actually moved from Ethiopia to Italy, and he sold products from uh, Germany and France and Italy back into eastern Africa. So that was the environment I grew up in and, uh, and, and essentially decided at some point, you know, I don't think seeing the struggles my dad went through that this was the industry that I wanted to be in.
0: So was that just you having seen what you saw your father and your family go through, or was it something that your dad proactively said to
1: you? No, my dad was very proactive about that. Um, I have two brothers, yeah. and uh, all three of us were told, look, go be a lawyer, go be an engineer, <laughs> um, uh, you know, stay away from agriculture, and not because uh, he saw anything against agriculture. Matter of fact, he, he, he absolutely loved farming, yeah. and uh, he was an agronomist by trade and, uh, and, and absolutely loved that whole space but he just he just struggled so much throughout his life and both with the government taking over uh, his land and then even the crop protection business that he sold uh into into eastern africa there's a lot of corruption a lot of bureaucracy to deal with and so he just had a tough time with it and so you know when when it came time for us to do something else he just he was said you know go go do something else and uh and at the time I mean I saw the struggles he went through and I had no desire to go into agriculture either. So, you know, he didn't have to convince me too hard. Um, The only other thing he told me was not to get into music either because I wasn't very good at the time. (laughs) And so I did listen to that, although that one that one hurt a little bit. Yeah. And then I went to school to actually be a mechanical engineer.
0: So are your brothers a lawyer and a musician?
1: So one works actually in the TV industry and then the other one is uh, is uh, works in sales in New York City.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. So it was, I, I've heard your story before, and um, it, it's interesting the parallels that I think some of our member farmers probably have. In their lives, and, and trying to bring um, their children into the business, and having mixed feelings around the the potential for um, success in farming. Uh, do you see those parallels? Yeah, I
1: see these. I do see those parallels, and I see a lot of uh, you know a lot of children uh, coming back to the farm. They've graduated college, or maybe even they went out and worked in the finance industry for a couple of years, maybe a couple of decades, yeah. and now that uh, uh, their parents are you know not, no longer working on the farm. Um, they have this desire to come back. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I sort of had that same feeling when I came to Land O'Lakes. Uh, and, I, you know, I came to Land Lakes and, and, um, and, and interviewed for a job here, and it really was around technology. And that's what I had spent yeah. the, the majority of my career in, was around the technology and technology um, application and implementation of technology. So... Um, when I came to Land of Lakes, there was this. You know, I started to learn a little bit more about the, the organization and how involved it was in farming and how it was a farmer-owned cooperative. And I did remember there was a little bit of me that said, "Hey, this is kind of like coming home a little bit," and, and it was it was it was exciting. And, and I think a lot of folks that always have that in the back of their mind of, you know, right. this is my roots. This is where my uh, where my parents uh, came through, and I want to go back
0: to that. Right. And so you came to Land of Lakes. And uh, started in technology. Tell me a little bit about how that experience was for you.
1: Yeah, and actually, the the piece that attracted me the most. Uh, I moved from Charlotte, North Carolina, to Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I would oh, say that I'm sorry. Weather, weather was not the driving <laughs> factor in that decision.
0: But North um, Carolina is a very hot summer.
1: Uh, yeah, is it is very hot, and it was during the summer that I interviewed. So go. that was one of the reasons I came here. Uh, but, uh, but but I would say that you know once I found out about the the various uh, divisions of Land Lakes and the businesses we're in, and specifically to the role that I was applying at the time, it was around uh, running information technology for Winfield United. However, in that portfolio, and at the time, and this was 2013, one of the things that was becoming bigger and bigger was the application of technology on the farm. Mm-hmm. So we were just starting out with the R7 tool, starting to use some satellite imagery and using that remote sense data to be able to you know, without having to walk the entire field, could you see what was happening on that field? Uh, the other piece was also using our answer plot information that we had been collecting over a number of years and how do we leverage that data and bring it to, into the hands of each farmer and agronomist that are making a decision on a given field. That was yeah. a small piece of the portfolio at the time, but it was such a promising one and one where mm-hmm. I saw instead of just developing a system to run a business – now we were actually putting a system in to solve a real problem on a field for a real farmer. And that was the piece that I would say that most attracted me to, the, to this position and why I came to Land O'Lakes.
0: Data can be uh, confusing and hard to understand. Um, can you help us kind of in when you're asked what you do and what Land O'Lakes brings to the table? Can you give me just kind of a primer?
1: Absolutely. So, um, you know, data can be confusing. Uh, yeah. It could be tricky. It's messy sometimes, and yeah. and has to be cleansed in order to be able to make sense of it, yeah. And and that's what I saw actually the the power of what Land Lakes had to offer through what some of the uh, businesses like Winfield United were doing. So yeah. the answer plot data is about twenty years worth of data where they've uh, captured all the different seed varieties that were. Uh, planted on a you know uh, or sold in throughout the United States, different crop protection applications, different farming practices, and they 're able to bring that data in very curated in a mm-hmm. way that could be easily consumed and so all we had to do from a technology standpoint was put that in a tool and associate that with satellite imagery so Now mm-hmm. you could go to a specific farmer and say let 's look at lo- your field and look at uh, how the field has performed over the years and yeah. we could use satellite imagery to do that, and we could find areas that are uh, do better than other areas, and we can, we can decide now whether we want to put more dense seed in one area versus another, and let's look at our answer plot data and what seeds perform best in your soil type or in your environment, and now we can make that decision together. So that's okay. the conversation the farmer and the uh, agronomist would have on a given year. Hmm. But then from there, we've expanded that portfolio to use satellite imagery throughout the season, So as the the crop's growing out of the ground, we can get an image every couple of days, and now we can start to see if there's issues occurring on a a specific field. And in those areas where we have issues or the areas that are doing really well, Mm -hmm. we go and take a tissue sample, and essentially we go out, use a phone app, Uh, Take a piece of the leaf, put it in a bag. It's geospatially located, so we know
0: tissue sample. That always, I always stumble on that. Right, right. It's it's a
1: leaf sample. sample. Would be would be the the better way to say it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and then that sample goes back to a lab, and within forty eight hours, we get back the macro and micronutrients of that plant at that given time. That also gives more insight to the agronomist now to make a recommendation to the farmer. But in the last year, year and a half or so, I think we've taken it to the next level with some of the advanced technology. Mm -hmm. So now we're using things like crop models where Mm -hmm. we actually do take um, sort of the the base plant and how it performs over the years. But then inject things like satellite imagery, inject things Mm -hmm. like the tissue sample that came off the field. And what we could do is create a model and, and predictively tell you now where the crop might be going. Wow. So where's your end result now versus 180 bushels of corn? Uh, if you do the right things, you might be able to get to 200. And now, now we're looking a little bit more into the future. So now we are using machine learning and some of these advanced analytics to be able to now uh, help uh, predict where things are going to be. So now you can make a more informed decision, both sustainably for the environment right. as well as economically for the
0: farmer. So saving the planet – but also making the um, acre more profitable. Prefer- for the
1: farm. And that has to be. It has to be a yeah. win win situation, right? So yeah. uh, the farm has to be profitable in the acre because every year they're putting it on the line. And, uh, and, and there's things you can't, I mean, the weather is still very unpredictable. Yeah. And you don't know what you're going to get. So right. some fields will do better, other fields won't. So ultimately, you want, financially, you want to be in a good position. Uh, but at the same time, farmers care about the, the, the fields. Uh, so much because a lot in a lot of cases it's been uh, passed down from one generation yeah. to the next, and that is the, one of the most prized possessions they have. So they want to make sure they do the right thing, and they very much care about well, you know, the, the whatever comes off that field, and if it goes into human consumption or even animal consumption, that the right practices have been put into what we've been doing there. So, right. and I think technology does a really good job now, at least the, some of the more advancements, not only in capturing the data but also starting to put some information to where you can make good decisions, and then that leads to better outcomes.
0: Okay, Teddy, let's let's play a little, um, clear up the buzzwords. So I'm gonna give you a buzzword that we're all familiar with. You tell me what it is in the simplest um, way you can. Sounds Ready? good. All right, uh, blockchain.
1: So blockchain. Um, so let's start here. First of all, in the tech industry, we like to give fancy words to uh, different technologies. Um, I don't know, it makes it sound exciting in the new shiny object. Yeah. But ultimately, <laughs> there's always some interesting technology behind it uh, you know, that, that drives to that. But starting out with blockchain, which is kind of a big buzzword these today is, I mean, if you think about a chain, and in a chain, you might have different players. And uh, let's take a basic chain that would have... A manufacturer, a distributor, a retailer, a transportation company, a retail store, and then a consumer at the end of the day. So if you wanted to uh, track data across that chain as a product moves from the manufacturer all the way down to the consumer, you would have each entity send a piece of data to some centralized place, mm-hmm. a centralized database. Like that's probably the easiest way to think about it. And you don't have to send all the data. You can just take pieces of the data. And all of a sudden, each entity sends it. So at the end of the day, you have this, throughout the chain, you can now capture of when one product went from A to all the way to Z, where all the stops are made along the way. Similar to how you, know, you could track your package on Amazon.
0: So much easier. Now I know where my shoes are when they're coming from Amazon. There you go. <laughs> uh, how about artificial intelligence?
1: So, artificial intelligence is an interesting uh, uh, buzzword, and that is a combination of many different technologies put together, and it's really, ultimately, what the whole tech industry is driving to is, can the software or the machine uh, replicate human-like capabilities? Mm -hmm. So, vision, so Mm -hmm. can you see, um, or the thinking process, Mm -hmm. or having the ability to associate uh, different pieces of information together. So, let's break it down. So... Uh, computer vision would be one component of artificial intelligence, and that Mm -hmm. is the idea of being able to see like a human. Uh, But that all sounds very Transformer-like or uh, Terminator-like, but just think of your basic iPhone and the ability to take a picture of something. And when you take a picture of that, can now the software within the iPhone recognize the picture you've taken? And the way it does that is by the developers Um, giving lots and lots of pictures of something very similar so the machine becomes sophisticated enough to where it says, oh, that's a picture of a banana Mm because I've seen a banana a million times now. Not only that, based on some of the characteristics of the banana picked up over time, I can even tell you where the banana was sourced and maybe even how old it is, right? But again, the machine has been trained to be able to get to this. Which leads us to the next piece of yep. uh, uh, another component of artificial intelligence called machine learning,
0: yeah, and that is that was exa- my next one machine so learning. machine
1: learning, so <laughs> machine learning is a component of that, and just going back to this computer vision piece, the vision was just the idea that the machine saw a bunch of different pictures of something, yep. but the the uh, the concept of now starting to make train the machine and it's starting to make associations about, oh, I've seen this banana before and it was the, like these two other bananas and these two bananas came from um, this specific field in South America or something like that. Then all of a sudden the machine is learning now different mm-hmm. pieces of information. It's putting it together and it's training itself and learning, which comes yeah. to the word machine learning. And, and so these tools are also enabling for uh, the, the agronomist and the, and the, and the farmer to, have, to digitally disc, uh, uh, communicate with one another. That's that's exactly the type of technology we're going after. Matter of fact, it's actually very similar to um, to the healthcare space a little bit because just like we have, uh, you know, you can have your report card from a medical standpoint and your doctor looks at your chart, uh, today we're also capturing information and through our Trutera Insights Engine, which mm-hmm. was built on kind of our data management platform, uh, also gives you a score on the field. And it captures a lot of information a of what's happening. A sustainability ha- score. A sustainability score. So it could show you, um, you know, all the things you've done on the field. And this is all the data we've captured up to this point. And then looking at some of the practices you have and trying to help the farmers now say, um, if you – change the following practices, or you adopt a tissue sampling program, or you manage your nitrogen using a crop model, you can get to a spot where you can increase your score um, from, you know, 18 to 25, for example. Huh. But at the same time, you're doing it while looking at the ROI on that specific field. So am I making money? Am I losing money? Am I breaking even? And what's the impact of my decision by doing so? Um, So I think that's really, when you talk about sustainability, both financial and environmental, we're starting to bring that together a little bit.
0: Are you, um, you said uh, that part of your job is to infuse sort of technology solutions through all the businesses. Are you Are you finding that that's true in our other businesses as well?
1: Yeah, I find it really exciting. You have lots of opportunities. Well, number one, I mean, all our businesses have um, a wealth of data they've captured over the years, and, and most of them have a data-driven approach, and we're trying to yeah. uh, capitalize on those capabilities. So, you know, in our feed business uh, down in St. Louis, we have the farm, mm-hmm. and where we test a lot, a lot of variety of animals with you know different formulations and see how they react to that um, and you know and how they perform you know based on different formulations. So all that information is captured, which helps us on the manufacturing side for feed. But it also is a good way for us to. It's data that's curated and collected properly. Now, could we take those insights and turn them into some things that you know lifestyle owners or livestock uh, owners could then now use to make better decisions for um, uh, for their animals? Mm-hmm. So very similar to how we capture sort of that record sheet for uh, for the fields right yeah. we could do the same thing on a given animal huh. and say you know what are those uh, uh, metrics and parameters that we need to we need to capture could we give it a score for example could we store images and by even looking at the images can we use that computer vision now to yeah. be able to rec- recognize the cow and say, you know, this cow is very similar to this other cow, or better yet, uh, if you take a standard cow, is there deviations from that standard, and is, that, is it malnutrition, or is it, you know, or is that, did it eat too much, or is it having issues from a, a sickness standpoint, and can we point that out now using technology versus, you know, sort of your, uh, your gut feel, which is still correct, right. and yeah. most of the time the technology is just reaffirming the, the gut feel you have and, and, and help you identify some hidden insights that you might not have seen before.
0: Well, it's, it sort of aggregates everybody's gut feel, right? That's, it, that's, so. it, that's
1: That's exactly right. And then in our dairy business, um, you know, we've been doing lots of digital marketing over the years and yeah. really trying to figure out uh, or capitalize on some of the insights we have. But I think that's a great place where we can make that connection amongst our, our three businesses, like you said, from farmer to fork. Yeah. And how do we... You know, we can go back and trace to you know where was that alpha alpha or that corn silage grown? What were the practices that were applied there? And then yeah. from that, did that turn into feed formulation? And from the feed formulation now, and all the data we've captured in that spot, um, you know that we have milk, and then we take the milk, and can we always you know see it all the way through? And then so there's uh, you know technologies like blockchain today that help you. Well, oh, you know, blockchain! Look through. There's another buzzword. Oh, there's another, another buzzword. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw the buzzwords in now. It's it's still very difficult. Uh, this uh, this you know the way we capture your data and the way we do things today but some of these newer technologies are starting to teach us a little bit about how we should be capturing data Mm -hmm. uh, what data we should be capturing and then then all of a sudden we can make uh, better informed uh, decisions on what we want to do and -hmm. also the outcomes that we want to achieve so it's very exciting some of the things we could do in that space and and we have a couple of pilot projects underway so across all three businesses we're doing some really interesting things trying to leverage some of these cutting-edge technologies
0: So would you say we're a technology company? Uh,
1: You know, I think we're getting close to be a technology-driven company. Uh, At the end of the day, I would say we want to be like a data-driven insights company, right? So based off the data we collect, based off good data, both ours in our research plots or our, our different centers, but then you know, put that together with our members' data. That gives us a good wealth of data that we could use to be able to, uh, to, to make uh, good, uh, at least aggregate and get good decisions out of it. Right. But that drives to some, I guess, that hidden insights or some uh, aggregate insights that we may not have realized before. And that drives, that drives us now to, you know, to, to better outcomes. So we're definitely going to that, that data-driven insights company leveraging right. technology.
0: Everybody uh, is hopping on technology. Everybody uh, says they're bringing e-business solutions. Um, and I, it's confusing. It's confusing for me. I'm sure it's consu- confusing for a consumer and a customer. What makes uh, Land Lake's offering different?
1: So I get that, um, the whole confusing and difficult, I I think I get that question every day, right? Uh, And that question, it's like a rhetorical question, like, is this easy to use, right? And really the statement is there, whatever you're doing, uh, make it easy for me to adopt this technology or to leverage this technology. So we're constantly trying to figure out ways of how we can take all these insights that we have and how we can take these complex algorithms and really simplify them so folks can use them on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Right? So one of the things, for example, you mentioned e-business, and I'm glad you mentioned yeah. e-business, because a lot of times we would you know, maybe jump to the conclusion we need an e-commerce site. And a lot of times right. e-commerce, to me, is you, know, you go on a website somewhere, you select the product you want, you put it in a cart, you pay for it, and then you check out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the approach we want to take, because that would not be data-driven. Right. So really for us, when we talk about e-business, and really more of that omni-channel feel, we want to, um, you know, leverage the expert seller model that we have. So our uh, agronomists out in the field, our nutritionists out in the field, there's a, you know, have great amount of knowledge. And how do we tap into that knowledge, right. bring it through into the system, and then enable a digital connection? So we might use things like remote sensing, or we might use, like, tissue samples or crop models that say, look, your field was trending at 180, and now it's really going towards 150 so that's the machine all of a sudden you know it sees that variance and gives you a little bit of a notification and then that would come to a farmer uh it could be a, a dairy producer or it could be a, mm-hmm. a, a row crop farmer and then all of a sudden it triggers them to, to to talk to their agronomist or to their nutritionist and say i'm seeing the score go down right. what's happening with that and what can i do to improve this so now you have this Discussion And, again, it doesn't have to be a phone call. It could be a phone call. It could be FaceTime, uh, for that matter. Uh, They could have sent them a picture or maybe they have detected something while they're on FaceTime together, which could be really interesting. And now throughout that discussion, now we lead to, okay, you might need to have this application on your field or you may need to have this feed formulation. And uh, and the person on the other end might say, look, I'm going to put this in your cart and then go check it out. And you can see now what you know what the prices are and why I've put this in there together. And if you want more information, I can attach that as well. And then now the person who's getting that information can check out. But as they check out, they've sort of gone through this process. So really, is digitizing our existing business and bringing data to the forefront.
0: And through somebody that um, they have a relationship with and and trust.
1: They have trust. They live in the community together, and that person also knows. Uh, Because they're local, they know their fields, they know their animals, so it's not some distant machine or computer that has no knowledge about you making that recommendation. So we definitely need to use the equipment, and we need to use the software and algorithms and all that, but I don't think it will ever replace uh, the actual human touch. It just augments it and makes it a a richer experience.
0: What does something greater, the phrase, mean to you?
1: So for me, the technology is obviously really exciting and interesting. And being a technologist, um, you know, I'm always scouring for new things and looking at new trends. And uh, how does it actually work? And how is it going to transform my life? But really, uh, what makes it, takes it to the next level is the actual application of it. Right, and I right. see it at home. Like I have a six-year-old, and he's always tinkering around with new technology. Partly because his dad messes around with that as well. And when he starts to use it in his daily life, that to me brings it to it makes it so much more interesting. But what really makes it exciting and what makes it something greater for me is when we develop these tools, and then now we put it in the hands of our members, and they use this to do something greater. And I get questions, you know, well, not questions, but comments back. Uh, that say things like, you know, I've used it, you know, as an agronomist, I've used it with a farmer and they were able to make this much better of a decision and they're able to retain their farm this year as a result of that. That to me is something
0: greater. Terrific. Thank you, Teddy, for doing something greater for our members. Really well, you. appreciate you joining Well, us.
1: thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. <laughs>
0: Landaleague Something Greater podcast is delivered monthly via our Member Connections newsletter or on our website. Just go to LandaleagueSync.com, then click on Members at the top right. We're also available wherever you find your podcasts.